1: Slash drink and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then find and book a top rated doctor today. That's zocdoc.com slash drink. ZocDoc.com slash drink.
2: Hi, Christine. Hey! Oh, God, it's back. You're. Nobody
0: lo- else
2: has noticed. Your little Tommy Pickles voice is uh, kicking in. Blaze and my mom were like,
1: what are you talking about?
2: Hey! <laughs> Thank you. I hear it. I hear it too. It's not as bad as I'm making it sound. It just really, really said, I'm going to start the episode, not Christine's normal voice. I love it. How are you and your little voice? Where did Listen. that even come from? It was from screaming at the Bengals football game? yep game. Yep. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, hi, Em. How are you? Uh, I'm Good.
2: I have a throat clearing situation today. I did not. I don't know why. I haven't had a like the olden days.
1: You haven't had a milkshake, no, not at ten in the morning. How (laughs) often do you have milkshakes? Actually, now nowadays, Nowadays, I mean,
2: nowadays, yeah. I mean, I think it's it's fair to say I haven't had one while recording in a very long time. Well, I know that, but I do like to symbolically still think I'm drinking a milkshake because I I do still love that. You know, we have the um. I don't know the 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 back and forth of like a team wine team milkshake kind yeah of thing. and I encourage other people to drink milkshakes I just don't do it because we record in the morning so also because uh I can't I feel so bad about my throat clearing when I drink it um that, the that's last the, time,
1: that's the bigger issue I think the
2: the how often I drink milkshakes um I'll lump that into how often I have ice cream in general and it's probably once a week once every other week uh allison's parents are still in town and so we i've had a lot of ice
1: cream lately so maybe that's why my throat i don't a little think gross. they're the same though i would say a milkshake is a much more intentional like beverage you know what i mean i think uh, yes i like okay, a scoop of fair. ice cream i feel like i have regularly but like i don't have milkshakes often but when i do it's like a very special occasion <laughs>
2: I feel like I have to be committing to a lot of ice cream in one sitting with a milkshake. Um, Because my go-to is usually I'm a double scoop kind of person. Sure, of course. I don't remember the last time I got a scoop of something, unless we were like going to multiple ice cream places that day. And I I was like, I'll have just one for now. Um, I... uh, How many... I feel like you really have to be ready to have a lot of ice cream. Exactly. I thought of actually about having one two nights ago. We went to one of my favorite ice cream places and I was like, oh, I'm definitely getting a milkshake. But then someone else got a milkshake before me and I saw how big the cup was and I got intimidated.
1: Um, That's a new thing. You're intimidated by the size of food?
2: Well, it was like a big gulp. I was like, do I want like a big gulp worth of ice cream right now? Yeah. oh okay (laughs) no no who are you i uh i don't know how many how often i have milkshakes probably i would still say if i'm getting ice cream once a week then maybe half the time it's a milkshake so okay i'm curious yeah what about you when's the last time ice cream in general how often do you have ice cream not often
1: um when i was pregnant i did a lot
2: (laughs) what's your what's your can i guess your go-to flavor because you strike me as like a Something like a mint kind of person. I do Something... like a
1: mint, but it's not my go-to. Is it?
2: I think you like just. Are you one of those annoying people who just likes vanilla?
1: Hell no. Okay. Hmm. What's your favorite? What kind of sicko do you think I am? Um, I like ice cream that has any and all toppings inside of it. Like it needs to have just like every texture and flavor. So you're a Ben and Jerry's person. I love Ben and Jerry's, um, but no. But here's my problem: I don't like chocolate ice cream oh and so what's so wait you do like vanilla ice cream or vanilla based i like ice vanilla cream. based ice cream or any like cherry garcia i like all flavors of ice cream except chocolate and you then like, you let you let the toppings do the lead i just lead. want that's like how i am at the fro-yo too i just get like a bloop of ice cream and then just like dump oreo which is such a waste of money like i'm literally paying for stale oreo crumbs at mm. the end of the day but like i just want all the toppings all the time i mean we've talked about froyo before and how we just really go there for the fresh strawberries the top um, toppings.
2: yeah exactly i so no i well you know the backstory behind why ben and jerry's is the way it is right like why it's so hell no oh so one of i don't know if it's ben or jerry but one of them ha- um, doesn't have the sense of taste which is so he's literally an ice cream person and can't taste are you serious no and so they it's kind of like how when we wrote a book i said i hate books if we're going to read a book or if we're going to write one, it has to be interactive (laughs) for people like me he basically said i can't taste ice cream so if we're going to get ice cream for people like me it has to be texture but what kind of
1: sadist said you have to start this ice cream company to a guy who doesn't eat ice cream there
2: actually is a really interesting story about how they created ice cream. Um, and it Cause was like, they for were... you,
1: we were like, you have to write a book. Right. For them, <laughs> I'm like, did somebody say you have to start an ice cream company? And he said, fine, but only if it has a lot of crunchy items in it.
2: There was something where he was still passionate about it. I don't know if it was, like, because I know they were both also activists. So I don't know right. if it started there or if it was, like, one of them, I think, came from a family of ice cream people. Okay, but, I um, see. But, uh... Anyway, he was like, if I'm going to enjoy ice cream, I can only enjoy the textures, not the taste. So we have to put a lot of that's shit in each so of our ice creams. so depressing. Because, like, if I didn't have a sense of taste, I'd be like, what's the point? Well, he found the point. It was apparently a bunch of chunks of different things. And so wow. he. Uh... Anyway, that's why they always have so many different textures in their ice creams for people who can't taste. That's
1: amazing. I didn't know that. Well, clearly, for people who can't taste and also me. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Because that's how I feel. But...
0: Anyway, you, that's
1: that's my question of the day. How many milkshakes do you eat? <laughs> I like your questions of the day. I feel like it has us, what well,
2: they say, the little kids shake out the sillies, you know? Uh, oh, <laughs> is that
1: what you did in response?
2: I feel like I kind of you know, dusted, uh, dusted the air off of like, oh, now we're going to like record a podcast. But first, oh, let's good. warm up and talk to each other, you know? Well, Get to I'm, know each other for once. It's been a while. It's been a while. I've forgotten all about you. Not only has it been a while, uh but it is uh coming up on I think this is the week of our 6 year anniversary. Christine. Oh my god. 6. I think it's six, the week. Six. I don't know if it's the official date, but 6 whole years together. Wow. How do you feel after 6 years with me, Christine? <sighs> old buddy, old pal. <laughs> How do I feel say something nice? You better
1: <laughs> <laughs> elevator music. <laughs> um, how do I feel? I feel so lucky. I do too. I'm I so really lucky do. that
2: I'm so so lucky to have you and to work with you. And I can't. I really. I was uh, having a moment of reflection earlier, and I got a little misty eyed. One dramatic tear. Slipped out, (laughs) perfectly rolled down the cheek. If there was a camera, the light would have even
1: hit it. Just so. My next question was: Did you film it for Instagram? Being a Gemini, you're like, this is (laughs) this is me today. No, because because I'm a Gemini, I didn't film it for
2: others. I just really appreciated it, and I watched it happen in the mirror, and just let it happen for yourself. Yeah, I get that. I get a good self cry. But um, I I just can't believe I it just it's been a long time together and I'm
1: very very happy yeah, to yeah you know you're right that it comes out so our podcast birthday is next week February 11th well so this episode comes out Sunday the fifth so and and uh, the 11th is a Saturday so this is the first the last episode before our podcast birthday
2: and the um, next one will be our official sixth year right, well like the, it'll
1: be the day after the next one yes it will be like our first in our. In our, get this, seventh year of podcasting. Shut the fuck up, Christine. I know.
2: Wow. Okay, well, good to know. We should, um, I'm going to think about it. I'll have another tier just for you. I'll
1: have another drink and it'll be, we'll all be happy.
2: (laughs) You know what? You know what? I'll have a milkshake
1: (gasps) for our next episode. Okay. Because
2: you've humbled me. You you know what? I'm straying from the path. And I really committed that first year and I drank quite a lot of milkshakes.
1: Yeah, we did really... Drive it home. Sometimes I listen to the old episodes and I'm like, wow, I'm fucking hammered in these episodes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but Christine, I really want you to be hammered. Okay, for the next fine, one. but not when we're recording at one in the afternoon, okay? I can't do that because then i just lose the rest of the day so when i record win, later so. <laughs> you win that's that's true
0: ah, okay yeah, we'll, have we'll to reschedule find, in the we'll future have to find
2: us a, a special time where it's perfect tipsy milkshake time you know situation have fun. a little happy hour maybe just take like since this is our sixth year maybe do six shots you know whatever you need to do just you a know? casual six shots yeah there's a casual like whole handful and plus one more um, okay sure Okay, so it's settled. Great. Before we move on and you say no. Um hmm. what are you drinking today though, Christine? And why drink- are you drinking today? I'm
1: drinking another sparkling water and Ooh, um, a beveragino. I can <laughs> I can't stop eating goldfish. Um so that's why I keep asking you questions and then muting myself. Um, Fascinating. I am doing the same thing over here with my pretzels. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I just know people hate the sound
2: of chewing. Understandable. But also my tummy needs to get filled because otherwise I'll get nauseous.
1: <sighs> we don't um, want that. We're old now, folks. We need to eat to settle our tummies when we report. I know
2: for our next year when we talk more about – or next week when we talk more about our sixth year, we should be like, oh, what would you – what was your usual – you know routine before we record an episode you know that first year and now it's like and now I literally am just like there's just like medicine everywhere we just (laughs)
1: have like supplements and vitamins (laughs) I've got my magnesium
2: you know everything trying to hydrate (laughs) hello i'm literally like what happened Wow, i don't know we used to be a a bright bushy-eyed bushy-tailed what is it bright-eyed bushy-tailed 24 is how old i was when we started
1: serious that's so youthful it hurts my feel it hurts my own fucking feelings it's really fucking youthful
2: (sighs) anyway if you're 24 and you're listening to this get ready because it's about to be a real roller coaster uh start taking your supplements now (laughs) yeah
1: start now you know just not to
2: sound like my mother but my body's falling apart because i didn't (laughs) at 24
1: well Um, okay i've been doing yoga every day and i not every day but i've been trying to do it as often as possible and i have that issue where if i don't do something a hundred percent then i immediately Mm -hmm. fall off the bandwagon so like oh yeah yeah and i think that's a pretty normal thing so like especially with like exercising or like i i would always go like too far like i would get obsessive and um so with i bought a habit tracker so that now i can color with colored pencils i can color in the days that i do it and then if i skip a day it's okay and Mm. i just fill in the next day and so at the end of the month i get like a nice little color wheel and i can see even though there were days where i skipped uh it's still like quite a lot that i i was able to you know complete my tasks so i'm trying this as a new way of um keeping myself accountable without like forcing a daily Mm -hmm. habit that i'm like especially because like i had a i got kind of sick yesterday i had a cold and um i was like i don't want to do yoga today and that's fine and so i skipped yesterday and i did it today so i'm trying to be kinder to myself which is you know hard you know what you you
2: should what you well i'm not gonna tell you what you should do but what i would do too is on the days where you didn't i would mark like I respected my own boundaries and listened to my body today because there are times when if you see all the days that you didn't do it, it might look bad, but there Mm -hmm. you could also see it as like, oh, well on this day, yeah, I didn't do
1: it, but I was listening to my body. That's true. Well, the space is about this big. I would say it's probably like a third of a centimeter large. So I don't know how much I can write into it. it. I can put a smiley face. OK, yeah, I've just I've
2: I only say that because it's it's in my mind to be nicer to myself because I'm also trying very hard. And so far, knock on whatever you have, folks, to keep me motivated. But um, I this is the longest I've gone keeping a habit and keeping a routine. And it's only you. it's like not even three weeks, but I it's that's big news for me. Three weeks is a long time. And there have been a few times where I have stepped away from trying to be as productive as I have been but I have to remind myself I'm listening to my body and my body says that we can't do that right now and so
1: you know what some days I just don't fucking want to I'm not even listening to my body I'm just like I just want to sleep and that's okay like sometimes fair enough or I wanted to go to the Bengals game at one and I'm like I don't want to do yoga afterward after I've had beer all day so it's like you know sometimes you just don't fucking want to do it and that's okay you know just 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 relax just be nice to yourself we're all trying our best you know I don't think I um, heard
2: what you're drinking,
1: though. Oh, um, just water, because I'm boring. Well, it's liquid death, so I'm not boring. I'm actually very cool. (laughs) You're raw. Yeah, I got it. I'm cool (laughs) and chill and raw
2: and real. Oh, is is that their slogan or something?
1: i Should sure be. hope not they're gonna they're gonna absolutely sue me um <laughs> if i go around saying that's their terrible slogan uh i think it says kill your thirst oh murder your thirst that right. is their slogan
2: you know i've uh i've i i'm not proud of this well you know what i don't give a shit i dm'd them recently not recently a while ago and i was like hey would love to I work with you sometime that. Because I was like, you know what? We have a show called and That's Why We Drink. I don't drink alcohol. And we, there are a lot of people who have come up to us and are very lucky that they have said that we've made them feel safe in spaces where, you know, they can't drink alcohol anymore. Or maybe totally. they don't want to drink alcohol anymore or whatever the reason is. Or they just
1: don't like it. Yeah.
2: Or they don't like it. And uh, so, anyway, I kind of pitched, like, you know, we've, we're in uh, a drinking show that, you know, alcohol doesn't need to be involved. You know, love to work with you sometime if you're interested. And they, Wrote basically, thanks. Like <laughs> it was
1: like okay, you oh, know that's what we have a manager for, right? Like that's literally her job. This
2: was literally pre. It was. I mean, oh, it was all, Okay. It was a while back, but I also thought at the time they were so much smaller, and I was like, oh, maybe they really wouldn't want to work with us, and we could help them. But, <laughs> nope, nope. Guess not. But they did find on their own. But I still yeah, think they about didn't it. I, need us <laughs>
1: not even a little bit. did they also. Us, but- I literally sit here drinking it every episode, and I'm like, they're literally getting advertising without working with us. Oops.
2: Well, we ended up, yeah, it ended up working out for them anyway, I guess. But, uh, like in terms of us still talking about them. Yeah, they got
1: their ads.
2: (laughs) But, uh, no, I still think about it. I'm like, man, I really, I really went in with good intentions being like, it's a small business that I, I'd only heard about, um, like, from one little, like, hole-in-the-wall store out here. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, man, like, I really like them. I want to help them out. And then they ended up blowing up anyway. So, congratulations. <laughs> I like want to help
1: death. them out. And they rejected my generosity.
2: Well, no, that's not totally what I, how I meant it. But <laughs> I know. i I'm teasing <laughs> you.
1: I know.
2: <laughs> but I did think, like, oh, I would love to, like, promote them on the show. Like, maybe other people would like to hear about them. And then it didn't happen. But I still love them anyway. I. What do you do? You like, the sparkling ones? The bubbly ones? <laughs>
0: so old oh, I okay sw- i swallowed r- <coughs> oh my I god i swallowed
1: wrong and so now i'm crying okay what? <laughs> i'm sorry i swallowed wrong and so i had to mute myself to cough
2: i see what's happening i was like you were choking pretty quietly was- oh no <laughs> no it was actually incredibly
1: loud and annoying so i'm glad that i <laughs> muted myself um no i'm just drinking the ma- mango one the sparkling one mm. but i like the the berry one the sparkling berry is my favorite i'm i'm boring boring i just like the, the can i tell you also water. we got a promo box recently um in the mail unexpectedly both of us got one uh from uh death Wish coffee which i've always wanted to try but like never really committed to because i it's a it's kind of pricey and i was like i don't i don't know but my stepdad has always wanted to try it so for christmas i gave him this like promo box i was like i'm not gonna pretend i bought it but you know it came to us in the mail and He's so excited about it. He up talks it up so much that I'm like, man, I gotta just go buy myself some. So well, what I'm saying is their promo box work. But what I'm also saying is I love that the brands we associate with are like uh, Death Liquid, Wish, death. Liquid <laughs> yeah. death, Murder Your Thirst. Like it's all very Liquid Death. You know, it would be a good a good brand deal if they listen. If you're out I there, I thought it was genius. I was like, that is a death, great drinking, call. drinking, drink water. But yeah, exactly. I, I thought I it mean, made perfect sense. Okay, we're going to call our manager, Maggie, later and be like, help. Folks, get liquid death on the horn because we are <laughs> over it. Um, okay. By now, you've probably heard about Burrow, a new kind of furniture company known for timeless designs, durable materials, and details that make life in your space easier. can get 15% off their first order at burrow.com slash drink that's burrow b-u-r-r-o-w dot com slash drink for 15% off burrow.com slash drink so thrilled that we are working with fast growing trees. I spent about an hour and a half on the website trying to decide what I would love to order from their products. They have so many options and you can actually filter it by zones, by growing zones to make sure you know it'll work in your garden. Um, they have everything from massive privacy shrubs and trees to very, very specific flowers. I actually ended up ordering a lilac shrub for my garden. I recently discovered how much I love the smell of lilac. and so I thought you know what perfect chance why don't I get some lilac growing in my yard I think it's gonna smell beautiful and I also got my mom a little lavender plant as an Easter present right now they have some of the best deals online like up to half off on select plants and listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code drink at checkout that's an additional 15% off at fastgrowingtrees.com using the code drink at checkout fastgrowingtrees.com code drink offer is valid for a limited time terms and conditions may apply
2: Moving on, uh, I... Oh, uh, okay. Are you ready to, um, do story Story time? Yes. Okay. Um, because I have a prompt this time. Oh! What does that mean? I have something to ask you before we get into it.
1: Is it what I'm drinking this week? Because we did that already. No. Okay. Okay. Here it is. Episode.
2: 313? Okay. Uh... My story today is kind of,
1: I don't know what the right word is, Mod Podge, Mod Podge, Hodge Podge? I don't know. How... H- Hodge Podge, I think, and then the brand is Mod Podge.
2: Uh-huh. Okay. So I have a Hodge Podge kind of story today um, where I kind of like it. I liked it as a category, and I feel like we could do more with it in the future if people like oh, this kind of thing. Okay. So here is a collective episode, and the theme is haunted dorm rooms. Ooh! Okay. Now I'm really into this. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. So obviously there's several colleges. There are several dorm rooms and there are several ghosts on campus. So um, this is truly like barely even a collection. It's only just a handful, a sprinkling, if you will. And if people like it, we can do another sprinkling. Well, in the
1: then And also we can prompt people to send in their stories, you know, I'm sure That's there's true. lots of dorm stories people have out there.
2: We should pair this nicely with a Haunted Dorms-themed listeners episode you soon. Should, you could probably
1: literally search the word dorm in our inbox and find a bunch.
2: Oh, yeah. Definitely. Um, So the prompt that I had for you, because I'm taking from uh, when we were doing rituals, and mm. we always got a lovely little prompt. And I really like that. I felt like, again, it had us shake off the sillies. I totally agree. So I'm going to st- maybe start doing that a little more often. That's a but- great idea i'm full of them six years in okay (laughs) finally so so i wanted to ask you was your dorm and or college haunted i feel like every college has like a fable or a a lore you know
1: you know i went to a school that was like so heavily academic i feel like um not even heavily academic that's not the right word but like just very serious like about it was a political science school, ma- ma- mainly like a um, international studies and that kind of thing. And I feel like people were very serious about like working on at the Capitol and like working on the Hill and like it was all about politics. So I feel like that I couldn't, I wasn't able to find my like group of people that. Um, and then my roommate was Allison, who certainly did <laughs> still still doesn't quite. Believe By the way, goes my roommate is currently Allison. I know. I don't- <laughs> And I say
2: currently because if I hear her say ghosts aren't real one more time, I'm, she might not be my roommate anymore.
1: <laughs> she's, so. For now, she's on <laughs> her on on your last nerve. Yeah. So um, I didn't really ever find. I'm sure there. I mean, you know, it's an old building. It's DC. I'm sure. I'm sure there were uh, plenty of like hauntings there, but I didn't really learn any. Quite honestly, like really. I, yeah, I didn't. I don't think I ever heard one. And I'm. It's such a bummer because I. I don't know, it's such, I feel like I love as you know, I love buildings with old histories and I did do a couple of ghost tours like in Arlington and some other like spooky areas in and around DC. Um but the guy I was dating at the time and my roommate Allison um Ugh, you know, you never ever heard of her? I don't know if you have. Um I'll tell her tell you about her later. But uh, they were they were <laughs> That's ne- how this all started. Hang I on. know. <laughs> I know. They were neither of them and I spent most of my time with them. Uh were ghost people neither of them were ghost people so i didn't really get a taste for for any hauntings which i i regret you know i wish i kind of had looked into that more what i mean i assume yours was oh yeah uh oh, yeah. so well also i was a ghost hunter during college okay so yeah I... so you were really in <laughs> you were the like total spectrum opposite of what i was doing which is yeah. like trying to fit into like uh a frat party and Uh failing miserably (laughs) you were over
0: there i was literally in
1: three frats so you were um... probably hunting ghosts in the frat house like that's how opposite we were yeah uh
2: yeah and i I love my girlfriend with all my heart but you were hanging with the wrong fucking crowd Uh... i know
1: what was i thinking (laughs) this what if this was all for you what if literally my only reason for meeting her was to eventually bring her to you and all this time i was just fucking falling on my sword being like, you know
2: I, what? I'm sh- I'm sure someone who believes uh, more in destiny thinks that maybe that's the case. I don't know, but I uh, I'm just gonna roll with it. I'm gonna think, you know what? You suffered enough. It's my turn to take her on. No,
1: and... <laughs> I miss her. I miss her dearly. i she's gonna listen to this and be like, Christine, what the fuck? <laughs> you know where
2: she's gonna listen to this? She always listens to us. Oh, is that you?
1: Hear that? No, is that her?
2: No, it <laughs> sounds like a, a monster. I think there's a uh... <laughs> that fits. <laughs> Uh, there's like a motorcycle. You really can't hear that?
1: No. I really thought maybe she was kicking you out. You were like, do you hear that? It's the sound of me being single.
2: <laughs> no, she's she's used to it, I think, at this point. No, she always listens to us in the shower. Aww. And uh, then she gets out of the shower and then tells me what she thought about us talking about her. So, oh, you know, no. well, can't wait I'll, to hear this goes. I love goes. you
1: so much. Remember when we had to shower in those horrible bathrooms at uh, Let's Hall? Good times. Okay. <laughs> they were disgusting
2: my shower was disgusting, too. Great. Um okay, uh, yes, my my campus was definitely haunted. Um and also, if for some reason we you can hear the sound, I am so sorry behind. You can't hear that?
1: Hold on, be quiet. I hear literally nothing.
2: It sounds like they're lifting a house and dropping it. Okay, oh, Wait, oh, well... that's
1: weird because you're moving. you're like shifting. they're they're carrying you (laughs)
2: away christine you're really you're so fucking funny okay anyway
1: (laughs) allison's note is going to be like actually you're wrong christine's really not funny okay
2: (laughs) okay yes there were ghosts sorry we i keep getting derailed um we had a lot of ghosts um freshman year we had ghosts we had um uh, me and one of my roommates Lauren um we there was apparently a ghost that was in her area we had one of those suites or it was um like two rooms connected mm-hmm. by a bathroom mm-hmm. and if anyone's listening and you go to CNU this is York West if that matters to you but there was um they would hear there would be these two There were these two girls that lived in the room next to me, Lauren, and then I think her name was Priscilla. And apparently in the middle of the night, they would always wake up at the exact same time and feel something staring at them. Ew. And then it would just, like, hover over them until morning. Ew. But they would both experience it all the time. And then they would come to me because they knew I was a ghost hunter. And they'd be like, um, what do we do? And I went, "Help, girl, I was like, I don't know. But it is staying on your side of the bathroom. And I don't want to. Yeah,
1: you're like shutting the door like, oh, I don't know. I wish I could help you. Okay,
2: bye.
1: (laughs) I was like, I have to shower. Sorry.
2: Um, uh, But I remember them being really freaked out about that. Um, There was there were a lot of ghosts. There was um, one in. Another one of my apartments, one of my friends had like their blinds getting knocked over. Oh, there was one. Here's the thing. This was like the CNU big lore. If you go to CNU, I don't know if it's like faded out, but this used to be the big thing when I was there. Is that, um, so our school used to be a high school. Our college used to be a high school. And so um, the it was kind of a bunch of stuff. We really took over like... <laughs> Land that was once an apartment building, and then a different part of it was a high school, and a different part was like something else. But the part that was a high school became the theater department. Um, and so if you were friends with any of like the tour guides or the RAs or anything, usually if you were really good friends with them, they would, after hours, sneak you into the theater department. And there were parts of it that never got updated into a college, and they were just
1: creepy, they were just
2: abandoned rooms and there was particularly one area that looked like the it still was the old high school gym <gasps> and and we, we were in a water town so there was a lot of flooding and so all i guess because it never needed to get fixed up it never did get fixed up but the flooring in that gym all of the hardwood floor was all warped and like <sighs> disgusting and creepy anyway did it have there
1: bleachers was... still
2: not the part that i saw okay um but the but it was just like the you could tell like where the hoop would have hung and oh, you know things like creepy. that and there was always the story in the theater department of a little girl that died there when it was a high school, <gasps> and they always said that the little girl was still walking around. And if you were in the bathrooms by yourself, which were originally high school bathrooms, oh, you would still hear her. If you were in the in the bathroom by yourself, you would hear giggling in another stall. It sounds People... like
1: Moaning Myrtle. <laughs> yeah,
2: exactly. Or like, um, in the middle of the night, you would hear, um like if you were like there overnight and you were walking down the halls you would see a little girl running by and things like that and
1: Did you ever um, see
2: that? I never saw it. I always wanted to. But uh, anyway, that was the thing with me. And then also there was apparently um a body in the walls at one point <laughs> at um, one
1: point <laughs> like just temporarily.
2: <laughs> so there's a part of the campus called East Campus and that there when I was there um I was there the year that they were converting that part of the property into East Campus. And before that, it was a bunch of just like local apartments that I think ended up being like off campus housing, but then our school bought it and wanted to like revamp them. But they were knocking down all these buildings. And the rumor always was that when they were looking through the apartments, they found, they knocked down one of them and in the walls was a human (gasps) body. Ah! And I never found out if that was true or not, but I heard it from someone who said they saw the body themselves, which I don't fucking know what that means, but Anyway, that was those were the big what? things. So uh those were my 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 ghostly those were the big things at CNU. If you went to school there, you interesting.
1: Had heard about them. Okay,
2: okay. So now we'll get into the haunted dorms now that we've talked for 30 fucking minutes. So what? Us? No. <laughs> so the uh just talking about campus ghosts in general they're usually urban legends because there's really no traceable origin like um so a lot of schools they will have like a spooky history but none of the characters ever have a name or Mm. like how they died like i mean mine was a little girl died in a high school and now she hangs out in the bathroom like it's very vague Mm
1: -hmm.
2: and many people just uh i think one of the reasons they think ghost stories are so popular on campus is because it's a bunch of kids now living together maybe all trying to impress each other or fit in with a cool story um and either you create the story to look cool or because you know the story you're cool and like you know you've earned okay, some social status thi-
1: social st- like is that a thing because again i mean maybe it was just my school but like if i went around inventing ghost stories i would not have looked cool i would they would have been well, like well no i don't think anyone said i am gonna invent a ghost oh, story right now but, but I think even people if i would... said have you heard about the haunting in this basement i feel like people would have been like uh no no like i don't know i don't know that that's necessarily at every college like the person get, telling the ghost stories is a cool one you one know? there was
2: one um yeah like i, don't I know. wish
1: that would have been ideal for me especially in high school
2: at my at my school, everyone just ate up ghost stories. So for all I know, people were lying to our faces. And like there was, we also, um, when I was there, there used to be a Hollywood video on campus. <laughs> and there was also a bowling alley, but they were in the middle of getting demolished. And so again, if you knew like the RAs or someone who could like cover for you. Oh. We, I had come straight from sneaking into the slaughter pen every night in high school. So when I found out there was an abandoned Hollywood video and an abandoned bowling <laughs> That's alley. pretty cool. You bet your ass I went there. And so- <laughs> Uh, I remember just it was actually a really um, one of those like moments where I felt like a new person or something or I felt like I was like experiencing like what college looks like because <laughs> I was lying on an abandoned bowling alley and I was just like <laughs> and all of me and all my friends were lying on different bowling alley lanes and we were just uh, we were just hanging out and talking. But the the whole time it was so abandoned and spooky. We just got on topic about talking about ghosts. And that's when I heard all the stories. So for all I know, they were making up, making it up. But anytime I mentioned the haunted little girl, you know, in the theater department, everyone knew who I was talking about. So I don't know who created it, but if it was fake to begin with, they started a true legend.
1: Oh yeah, I mean, I think that's how a lot of these are. It's sort of like it just goes back like class and class and class. Like mm-hmm. some of the stories, I feel like I've read people having in college was like it was started <laughs> or it was first talked about in the 80s or whatever yeah. I feel like they go down pass down
2: anyway I don't know where it's where it starts from but I'm like social status achieved for me as wow. far as I'm concerned yeah maybe so. it
1: depends on the school I feel like some like fraternities or something like a really broy fraternity I feel like mm. the cool guy is not the one I don't know maybe I'm wrong maybe I just don't know about and I don't know, things <laughs> I, I may, if you came
2: to my school maybe we would have had a different uh experience mm. or you would have had a different experience but okay so according to um the author of america's haunted halls his name's matthew Swayin. Swayin, um he said that young adults are particularly hardwired for sensation seeking and exploration which is perhaps in order to establish independence from their parents. So that's where they come up with yeah, their that makes sense. creating stories. Um, he also says that horror movies and ghost stories are safe pathways for an adrenaline rush, which never thought about it that way. Hmm. Um, he also says one role of ghost stories on campus is to help create a sense of community amongst the transition transition, Transitory populations of students. Wait, so wait, say, I, say that again. I'm
1: sorry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I know heart. I
2: couldn't get through that last word. One role of ghost stories on campus is to help create a sense of community among the transitory populations of students. Yes, so I that's think it's what I meant about
1: like bonding. passing them down mm-hmm. through classes. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, psychologists also think that g- students use ghost stories to stay safe because uh, it's a way of focusing on threats and trying to problem-solve your way out of something. Mm. So I think that's... I've never thought of it that way, but all right. And it also, as, at the same time as being a spooky, scary story to share around, you're still spreading potentially local history, passing on folklore, and indoctrinating new students into an unfamiliar social scene. So wow, those are the main reasons. And some of them are also cautionary tales. So... Mm. Um, here's one cautionary tale for you. this is our first ghost story. Uh this is at Point Park University in Pittsburgh. And an old it's an old dorm building um that was once an apartment before it was a dorm. And there's a story of a tenant falling asleep because she was smoking. Mm. Um or not because she was smoking, but she was smoking and she fell asleep. <laughs> and uh, Oh wait. <laughs> I because didn't
0: think about that. she
2: was smoking. She, so as she was falling asleep, a cigarette in her hand fell into her chair and the whole apartment caught fire. She did not make it out. And now Uh. students claim that they can smell cigarettes and fire in the hallways. Oh. Um, so I guess the, the cautionary tale there is don't fall asleep with a cigarette in your hand. I don't know how
1: many people are doing that these days. Definitely don't. I mean, that's often starts fires.
2: Mm hmm. Um, in Kenyon College in Ohio,
1: have you do you
2: know what Kenyon College is? Mm-hmm. Okay. So there's a story there that a fire killed nine students Ugh. in 1949. And this is such a spooky thing, uh, paranormal-wise. Nine students died in a fire in 1949, and now the students say that they hear voices shouting at them in the middle of the night to wake up and get out.
1: Oh, that's
2: so sad. So now it's almost as if they're living that moment of history on loop. That's really sad. I'd be freaked out because I would think for a second there really was a fire and yes, then you absolutely. wake up. Absolutely. And then I'd be like, wait a minute, who is waking me up and shouting? Oh,
1: God. I just want to sleep, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah I and sleep also sleep so I can skip my 8 a.m. class.
2: I don't want to experience a, a horrible part of history. Yeah. Here's a good one. Uh, this is, well, the college is in Gettysburg. Um, which Gettysburg is one of the Civil War's most famous battlegrounds, also most haunted battlegrounds. Um, and they have a college. So I, I guess it's not that hard to believe that the college would also be haunted. What's it's the uh, address? <laughs> well, it's... <laughs> it's Okay, so Gettysburg College is... Uh, they have one graduate who said that um, everyone that ends up in a certain area or a certain dorm building... Uh, they usually have a lot of ghost experiences, and pretty much if you go to Gettysburg College, you will leave with a spooky story.
1: I can believe that for sure, just based on the name and the location. Oh, I can too. I, it, especially, um,
2: so there's one part of the college called Penn Hall. It's the oldest building on campus, and not only is it
1: part of the campus, Christine was it, but... a fucking Civil War hospital. Mm-hmm, they always are. <laughs> they always are. It Ooh. was also a morgue. It's it's the hosp- It's where people are really in pain that freaks me out because it's like, of course, if anywhere is haunted, it was a it was a
2: morgue during specifically the
1: Battle of Gettysburg. Where wow, f- do you know how many people died
2: during? Uh, that? Uh,
1: sometimes I rem- try to remember this fact, and it's it's, it's fifty
2: one thousand a- in Jesus. I guess ha- and guess the time frame. The fifty one thousand people died. I don't know. Three days. Holy shit. And so the college also became morgue. I'm assuming if fifty one thousand people died in what like seventy two hours, yeah, everything becomes a morgue. You're just like, where do we put these? Sure, I mean there is just
1: death everywhere.
2: It's horrifying, horrifying. So that building happened to, you know, be that and a hospital. Now you have to sleep here and do homework and stuff. Mm -hmm. Good luck. Good luck. Uh, Yeah, and I mean the ghosts there. Hmm. It is thick with spiritual energy there. I imagine. Um, One former student actually said that they ran into the basement one time, or they were going into the basement. I don't know if the laundry room's there or something. Maybe they were fucking around like I would, and they were just in the basement. (laughs) Maybe there was a bowling alley down there,
1: and they wanted to lay on it.
2: Maybe there was a Hollywood video, and they needed to bond. Um, But they went into the basement and witnessed the war hospital. (gasps) And by that I mean, here's a quote. I took to the elevator and when it opened, there was a full working Civil War hospital in the basement with lights, people walking around, working soldiers. I swear to God, I just looked at it like it was a movie and I just stared. The elevator door shut. I stood there for a minute and hit the open door button. And when the doors opened again, it was a regular basement. Nobody ever heard of anything like that or saw it. I swear, though, that this happened. Ooh, goose cam that immediately I'd be like, I guess I need to transfer. Like I, I don't need to be here anymore. Wow. That,
1: I mean, that would really shake you
2: up. Well, apparently just for some validation in the eighties two office administrators on campus saw the exact same thing in (gasps) the basement.
1: How freaky. It's almost like a time slip, you know?
2: Yeah. Like, Ooh, what, Ooh. Um, so there's also Stevens hall, which is the most haunted dorm on campus. Uh, which, uh, more haunted than Penn Hall? Okay. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I
0: I don't know. Now this
2: is getting just worse and worse. (laughs) Uh, so Stevens Hall, uh, was built in 1911, and it was once a prep school for girls before it became a college. Um, and basically, one night, when it was a prep school, the girls tried to rescue a young boy. It's very vague. I don't know if he, like, was a vagabond and they like found him or i don't know what it was he an orphan i don't know the situation but there was a boy outside the girls rescued him um and brought him in for the night but they knew if the house mother when doing her inspection saw a boy there she would kick him out and he'd go freeze Uh outside so when she went around for her inspection they hid him on the window ledge on the third story no 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 and we don't know what happened, to be fair. But after the inspection, they went to go look and find him and say, you can come down now. And he was gone. Oh. So we don't know if he jumped. We don't know if he fell. We don't know if he ran off. But the, the thing is, he maybe froze to death once he you know was outside.
0: Oh, my God.
2: Um, And people still claim to see his face in the window. They call him the blue boy. Oh. And sometimes people hear voices near the room and they say that the blue boy is trying to get back inside for warmth, which we can now say after being on tour, one of the weirdest um, stories we had to tell on our, on here for the booze was um, at the Queen Mary. One of the stories we heard when we were doing research is that when the ship used to travel from New York to England, it was before they had heat on board. And someone must have died in the haunted room B340 because one of the common paranormal experiences there is that you'll be sleeping and wake up to somebody climbing into your bed, spooning you, and then whispering in your ear, I'm so very cold.
1: (laughs) I've heard this 40,000 times, but it still gives me goose cam. I'm I'm so very cold. And the fact that multiple people have heard it with that very specific old-timey phrasing.
2: No, Mm -hmm. no, no, no also reminder we're going back on tour this month yes. um if you would like that to was not get...
1: an intentional advert here but uh yes. it was a nice
2: little sago. and so um anyway we're going back on tour in a week or two two weeks from now and i'm sure we're rightfully very nervous so please clap very loud for us and um <laughs> definitely go buy tickets it's called on the rocks instead of here for the booze so it's, have uh, a good time
1: that's why we drink.com slash
0: live
2: uh, so anyway, I when I hear this story of the blue boy trying to get back in for warmth, I think of you know here for the booze. I'm
0: so very cold. I'm
1: oh god, with your little raspy voice, it's it even almost worse. did that cool like multi- multi- multiple <laughs> children in my throat sound. It almost
2: pulled a Christmas time <laughs> is here. <laughs> god forbid. Okay, so there's also H- Huber Hall, Huber Hall, Huber, H- Huber. H-U-B-E-R, Huber. Okay. And that place is also haunted. Students apparently wake up to feeling something on their chest, um, like a pressure on them. And they also see things get knocked over off their desks. They see things get thrown around. Some students actually wake up to their alarm clocks going off at random times in the middle of the night, even when the clocks are not plugged in. Oh, oh no. I know it. And uh, another student actually said this about his room. In the middle of the night, I felt something brushing against my feet incessantly. When I opened my eyes, I saw three black silhouettes shining lights on us. When I opened my eyes, one of them was shining a light on me, and when I sat up, all three left the room. In the morning, my friends said they felt arms around them, but they didn't open their eyes. Ugh, that like makes this... me feel like people broke in like that yeah. feels that feels like the story with like the your hand was over the bed and the dog oh, no, was licking. No,
0: no no i hate that story
2: the dog was licking your hand and then you wake up and realize the dog had been murdered and that wasn't the dog licking your hand
1: and then there's you know a I mean? sign made written in blood in the bathroom that says humans can lick too
2: uh-huh <laughs>
1: Good times. At eight years old, I couldn't be more fucked up by that story. I was (laughs) fucked up by that. Like I, to this day, I'm freaked out by that story.
2: Anyway, I I would imagine if I saw three silhouettes shining what seems like flashlights at me, I would think there was some like weird frat ritual hazing thing going on. They like got into my room somehow. I don't know, but I wouldn't think ghosts right away
1: but it's a hazing they just like (laughs) spoon you
2: (laughs) they're just there for warm
1: just comfort you (laughs)
2: okay i don't i don't know what i would think but i i don't know if i would think ghost right away i feel like the lights flashing in my eyes would really
1: throw me i would be like this is the end goodbye whatever it is i don't want it no Um, thanks unless it's the comfort thing maybe then Maybe then. So
2: that's uh, that's that college. The next one is Flagler, which we've talked about Flagler, before on the show. When we were in Florida. We did. It, we Also, we have covered it um, on, on two different episodes. Um, the St. Augustine Old Jail. We covered it in 113. And then we also covered it again in 228. Because I think I didn't know we covered it before <laughs> i
1: forgot about that
2: <laughs> and that was we always said one day we might accidentally cover the same thing twice and that story also, is the St. augustine old jail
1: isn't it in the book it just
2: might be so i feel <laughs> incredibly <laughs> familiar with this story at this point but i'm not talking about the saint augustine jail i'm just saying if you recognize the sound of my voice saying flagler college it's because of those episodes right um So it's in St. Augustine, Florida. And Flagler is one of the top ranked schools in the South. And it is, boy, howdy, so haunted. Mm. Um, There's one student there named Corey who said that one night her roommate spotted a figure in all black standing at the foot of Corey's bed staring at her. Mm. She thought Corey was standing at the foot of her own bed staring at an empty bed. And when she tried to talk to Corey, all of a sudden she realized this black figure was not reacting to her. And then she looked at the bed and saw Corey was sleeping in it. (sighs) And for the rest of the year, the rest of the school year, the figure always stood in the corner of the room nearest Corey's bed and watched them sleep.
1: I mean, did did the roommate not tell Corey? Because I feel like if if the roommate told Corey, Corey would be like, not my bed
2: anymore. Apparently, Corey knew and was like, as long as they don't touch us, I guess I'm cool with it. And Uh, honestly, uh, I would be like, Corey... That's not right. That can't That's be right. That's not right. <laughs> I'd be like, um, I hope you have a great time in the room with this thing that may or may not touch you. I am talking to my RA and I'm also f- moving across the country immediately. Yeah,
1: I'm also changing my name and I'm taking this too far, but I'm very scared. <laughs> I, I'm certainly not going to stay here. <laughs> um,
2: So I think the thing, too, is that Corey often always wore black. I mean, it just it looked like her. And so she was... She, until she found out it wasn't Corey. oh yeah um so uh, at flagler college there's also the ponce de leon hotel which is a hotel turned dorm hall mm. which i'm sure that's a very exquisite looking dorm oh yeah, yeah
1: it's probably nice <laughs>
2: probably swanky i'm just imagining like the ritz carlton becomes a dorm i don't know why because it could be like the red roof in you know? i don't know
0: <laughs> i don't know i wouldn't go that far but
1: <laughs> well but...
2: i remember henry flagler being like really over the That's top i mean true the reason that the jail was pink for a yep. long time is because he wanted to like paint it to not look gross
1: or something like he, wanted he to like very... fit into the like beautiful aesthetic of the area or some shit
2: yeah, he thought it, like, was actually, like, a gross building, and he was embarrassed by it, so he, like, oh, so made them... embarrassing. I know. So I think he, um... And then they, like, straight up moved the jail, I think, because yeah. he was like, it's too close to the rest of my city. So I'm imagining this hotel was, like, very <laughs> she Um, But even though it was very fancy, some students here demanded to be relocated because of how many ghosts there were. So um, years ago, a boy fell off a balcony rail outside oh, and died. shit. Um, interesting because it seems like that, that was the happened. story at the other college, yeah. yeah, um, and now students hear him walking in the halls, giggling, laughing, they hear voices, they hear shouting. He is all over the place.
1: I'm glad he's having a good time, but like, don't giggle near me it, right, like, yeah, you can giggle over there, like I'd um, rather you giggle than cry in front of me, but no, you actually... know what would always
2: you know what freaks me out for some reason in my mind when I hear a ghost giggle, I imagine it will eventually distort into like screaming. Oh, I don't know why giggling's so creepy. I it's think a- it's because something is having a really good time, and you can't see why. It's like, are you <laughs> are you having a good time knowing I'm scared? Are you having I a think, good time? Yeah, it's
1: sort of like it it can see you. Yeah, and also I'm insecure. I'm like, what are you laughing <laughs> you at? You like, laugh- what, am I in on the joke or am I the joke? <laughs> you
2: know how like John Mulaney said like uh like thirteen year olds are the meanest. Yes. Like, can you? Like, if all of a sudden, can you imagine it's a 13 year old who's laughing at you I'm and dead. you don't even, it's, you can't even it's see them. Not happening. But they can see you. It's and like I'm you can't crying. escape the 13 year old. Oh, my nightmare. I, my nightmare. I really hate it. <laughs> so, supposedly, Henry Flagler himself haunts the college. Um, once uh, there was a tour guide where every time they said Henry's name, All of a sudden, the lights would start to flicker. And someone on the tour actually noticed this and said, oh, my God, every time you say his name, the lights go out. They said his name one more time. And the next time the light went out, it was over his own portrait. (gasps) (laughs) That's very theatrical. I know. It's like, okay, queen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, There's also the college. And I'm sure, by the way, there are millions. I'm really blowing over these. But if anyone wants me to cover, like, one school specifically, I'm sure we could do that. But I'm just trying to give you a, a, a hodgepodge is how we hodgepodge. agreed on that. So there's another school in Indiana called St. Mary of the Woods. And it is Whoa. Indiana's... I <laughs> know. Regal. Uh, it's Indiana's oldest Catholic college. Apparently there are nine Catholic colleges in Indiana, which is too damn Notre many. Dame. Oh, okay. And that'll do it. Yep. So this school <laughs> was founded in... 1840 by French nuns. It was also the first women's business college, which I appreciate. Oh, okay. The first one in the state, at least. And it, there's one um, hall there called the Foley House.
1: Mm.
2: And the Foley House Um, in the 1960s, there was one night that a nun there named Sister Esther, which I don't like that they both end in stir.
1: Yeah, the stir is a rough one. Sister Esther. That's a lot. Sister Esther. We could sing... Sister, sister, mm. sister, Esther. There it is. Um, <laughs> I knew you well, would like, step in. Well, like I have an uncle
2: Michael, and they both end Cole. Oh, and Uncle I, Michael.
1: I yeah. I feel like every Uncle Michael I ever had or knew, it, it became Uncle Mike because it was uh-huh. just easier. For some reason, Uncle Michael stayed,
2: and now uncle every Michael. time <laughs> I feel like I'm saying it, and I feel like I'm in a Dr. Seuss book or something. Um, okay, <laughs> What's wrong
0: so
2: like that? <laughs> so one night a, a sister Esther. Went to check on a student named Isabel who said she was going to be working, um but when she saw Isabel standing alone in the hallway and not working like she was mm. supposed to, she basically said, "Like, what's the situation?" That's exactly her words. Um, she said,
1: "What's the four <laughs> one one? Spill the thesis.
2: What's your beef?
1: <laughs> <laughs> what's your a uh, beef?" <laughs>
2: Um, like, girl, what's your damage, is what Sister Esther said. And (laughs) Isabel said, uh, oh, I'm just, I'm just really tired of that one nun coming in all the time. And Sister Esther was like, what nun? And Isabel said, oh, she just, like, shows up all the time. And I keep, every time I try to talk to her, she just, like, leaves as I'm talking to her. And I can never
1: see her face, so I don't (gasps) know who it is. And then the theme song started. Sister Esther! (laughs) (laughs) she
2: uh yeah also like how rude if you're speaking to her and she just leaves and she just like doesn't show her face she's like it's like so you're gonna me. show up in my space while i'm working and then so i dramatic. try to attic i try to engage with you and you bounce what's your damage
1: <laughs> what's your damage
2: like, sister esther <laughs> so sister esther goes um that none you're describing doesn't sound like anybody that should be here like i don't know who you're talking about and the nun eventually becomes known as the faceless nun of foley hall forget it faceless no thank you uh isabel saw her again in the art department at another time a student asked sister esther if she'd seen the other nun that was looking for her but the description didn't
1: match anybody so it can talk like it does talk right
2: yeah i guess so right That's freaky but what's she saying She's i don't know saying
1: where's sister esther didn't
2: she say that or uh i think another student the nun was saying that she was oh oh the student saw the faceless nun and i guess the faceless nun said oh sister esther's looking for you or i'm looking for sister esther anyway they ended up not being able to figure out who it was and Mm. um finally another student said oh there's another student describing her saying she was a funny looking sister and you're going to think I'm crazy, but she didn't have a face.
1: Ew.
2: And sister Esther had several strange moments in the art department um, where this is a quote one time in a figure drawing class. I was over in one corner of the same art, big art room. I was over in the corner of that same big art room and a girl near the windows looked up and said something. We all looked at her and I finally, I answered her. But when s- or I guess her name was Celine, the student that started talking to nobody. Celine looked most startled and said, sister, you were right here next to me a moment ago. So basically, she was they were in our class and the student just starts talking, thinking Sister Esther is right next to her. But nobody was.
0: Um,
2: other times, Sister Esther heard a woman's voice with a German accent in the halls saying, go away and don't bother me. I'm busy oh which like so now she can she so she doesn't talk but will approach you and when you talk she'll leave Mm. but then when she can't see you she'll talk and the voice will say leave me alone
1: girl make up your mind like and she can also hear yeah she can speak in here because she's like hearing people coming
2: i don't understand her situation she really is german chill out Yeah, like, I don't understand. But why are you showing up, and then when people try to talk to you, you leave? And then when you're not showing up, you still scream, go away. Like, okay. (laughs) It's like, we're trying to avoid you. That's the whole point of this. She likes the drama. Come on. Uh, Eventually, Sister Esther asked the house mother to intervene, who said that the school, uh, or she had the school hold a special mass to pray for the ghosts. Um, And after that, there were allegedly no more, quote, troubles in Folly, Folly Hall. Um, but in 1989, the hall was demolished and we think that the de- the demolition reawoke her spirit and now people see her again in the church. She was finally calm. Yeah. Now she said go away enough times they, we listened. They, they bulldozed and... her then. Mm-hmm. Damn. Here's another one in Ohio, my friend. Ohio University. you, That's in, uh, Athens, Ohio. Mm-hmm. It's uh one of the oldest public colleges in the U.S. It was founded in 1804, and it is so haunted that Fox once listed the school as the one of the scariest places in the world. So, oh well, I didn't know great. that. Uh, apparently, part of its campus, which is called the Ridges, used to be part of the quote Athens Lunatic Asylum. Oh, okay. Yikes! I'm just going to call it the ALA. Um, <laughs> and apparently, it opened in 1874. So, um, over 100 years later, there was a well-known patient at ALA, and her name's Margaret Schilling, and she was apparently very kind, never got into trouble, but on December 1st, she vanished. Oh, fuck. Story goes, she was playing uh, hide-and-seek with the nurses, who got distracted by another patient and stopped looking for her, and she just (gasps) kept hiding.
1: Okay, that's the most sinister ghost story I've ever heard. Jesus.
2: Just like rooted in innocence, yeah. Yeah, that's something that makes that so terrible. She ended up in a closed off, under construction part of the asylum and ended up dying before anyone found her. Fuck. They think she either froze to death or she had some sort of heart failure, but she wasn't found until 42 days later. (sighs) And I don't know if this was part of her... Um, mental illness, or if this is supposed to be spookier, but apparently before she died, she took all of her clothes off and folded them up and put them next to her, and then lied on the ground. Um, and that's how they found her. So she was also Ugh. nude when they found her forty two days later. Well,
1: you know that happens when you um freeze you. Yeah, you take your clothes take off because it clothes off, yeah. So that's
2: why they think maybe she froze to death. Oh God. Um, strangely, Margaret left behind a perfect imprint of her body and hair on the floor where she died whoa that's very th- like
1: catholic sounding
2: yeah well the scientific theory is that the sun came through the window enough and shined just so to create some sort of imprinting effect like photographic effect where the image of her body stayed on whoa the
1: floor. whoa that's quite a theory
2: i know <laughs> uh the mark that her body left is now known as the stain
0: oh okay
2: and it cannot be cleaned off and they say it's so people will always be able to find her now
1: oh, oh. that's terrible
2: in 2016 the building was declared structurally unsound so now nobody can go creeping in anymore um but the area also has wilson hall um which is the most haunted site on campus and lies in the middle of the Ohio Cemetery pentagram? Do you know about this?
1: <laughs> no, but I love that. Did I know? Or did I not tell you? Ohio, there's some fucked up shit here. Like I, it's like a portal or something. I don't know. I'm. It's a scary place. This state.
2: So apparently, on a map of Ohio cemeteries, one cluster of them is found in a pentagram.
0: Oh God! Why?
2: And Wilson Hall is right in the middle of the pentagram.
1: It's like, oops, (laughs) how did I get here?
2: Now, sidebar, I will say... Some pagan traditions do say that pentagrams are supposed to keep you safe from spiritual harm. Right. Um, But I will say that doesn't seem to be the case here. Um, And Wilson Hall is super duper, super duper haunted. Um, Students hear voices following them down halls at night. They'll hear stomping in their own bedrooms. One student was uh, in her. This one student's name is Stephanie. She was in her bedroom when her full length mirror flew off of her wall into the center of the room, dropped and shattered. And then her roommate's mirror did the same thing.
1: Ew. I was gonna say one mirror you could probably like con- trick yourself into thinking, Well, maybe it was just lose two in a row. Mm-hmm. Uh-uh. Um,
2: also their textbooks were getting thrown off of their desk. Her um their lights that didn't that didn't have any batteries in them started flickering. Um and Wilson 428. The room 428 is apparently so um full of spirits and gets so many complaints from students that live there that the room has officially been declared uninhabitable.
1: Oh man, cuz I was about to say I bet you one of our listeners right now is going for what? <laughs> what did they just say? And like, "Rewound." I look around the room I'm like, "Oh shit." <laughs> um
2: they uh it also reminds me of Queen Mary cuz B340 for a while they
1: the hotel staff oh, yeah. had to block it off it couldn't be just like left it to
0: rot because
1: and to make a hotel that's a big move to just close off a room for no reason yeah
2: so uh apparently in wilson 428 if you do happen to be living in wilson 428 i'm so sorry (laughs) to tell you but um so the door would slam open and uh, shut every night uh and here's the super creepy part the wood grain of the furniture would morph into demonic faces (laughs) what they would hear voices, footsteps, glasses would explode. And in the 1970s when they still had people staying in that room, a student allegedly died in that room, oh. and their ghost would move things and throw things around all the time. Oh no, so now he's just joined the ruckus. Mm-hmm. One student uh staying here used the room to actually astral travel and talk to spirits. Again, also very Queen Mary that one of the things they used to do in the 80s in B340 was like have like like rituals and like seances, seances and encourage stuff so one student was staying there and she was encouraging stuff and eventually passed out one night and died a few days later Oh, okay which could be so many other things but for the lore people
1: use that as sure that now connected. there's two deaths well i don't know i've been trying to practice practice astral stuff am i gonna just open up some sort of portal and then like die at wilson 428 maybe okay um some
2: historians think that wilson hall is built on the unmarked graves of the asylum's earlier cemetery which is what causes the ghosts and the school does happen to be like you said in athens which is a lesser-known appalachian region of ohio and some say that that location in particular has so many hills and rivers that it creates a powerful flow of energy it's a beautiful area And the energy allegedly goes right through the center of town, which happens to be the college.
1: Oh, sure. Um, It's like, oops, pentagram. Oops, see, daisy. Center of college.
2: Um, Before we go, I will show you um, in Geo's trio. We have a little picky. Okay. Um, This is the two uh, girls that I just mentioned where their mirror is shattered. Oh. We have those pictures. (gasps) No way. Okay, that's both of them next to each other. So one of the mirrors lifted off the wall and then shattered, and then and then
1: the roommates. I love that they're giving a peace sign. (laughs) They're like, whatever. And then in the next one, they're like, okay, we're not messing around anymore. Wow, this is so creepy, dude.
2: Mm. Anyway, two different mirrors just a, that's just a small smattering of haunted dorms Ugh, i hate it thanks a lot
1: you're welcome <laughs> um yeah if you have a haunted dorm story write it to and that's why we drink at gmail.com we'll collect them and maybe do a, a themed listener episode Ooh, okay I like and it. also i feel like uh, a lot of people probably said are, are yelling i already did send in my story um well maybe search dorm great uh, yes <laughs> it's search still dorm there soon. then
0: <laughs>
1: And you're gonna need to get a few gargoyles out. Or, uh, I love my little gargoyles. Okay, it's, it's not even that many people. It's just like, it's a little confusing. So um, the relationships are dicey. I see. Yes, there's just uh, a lot of white dude names. So I just oh Brad, Chad, and <laughs> Todd. Whatever. Actually, okay, uh, <laughs> close enough. This is the murder of Carol Garton. Carol Garten. Okay. I
2: don't know this one.
1: Okay. I hadn't known it either, actually. Uh I did hmm. watch an episode of uh on Oxygen about this. Uh and so Was you should it watch it. Snapped? That. You know, it wasn't snapped. I'm trying to remember the name. Um I know I you it's... love Snapped. Oh, Mastermind of Murder. That's what it's oh, called. Oh. How do they keep it up with these shows? It's how... Honestly, a thesaurus is probably how they do it. I think so too. You know, they like, got it. They got it What just... are we doing here? Every single day, they're brainstorming new names that, that, you know, rhyme or have a pun. (sighs) Like, what's that one? Um, Fear thy neighbor. (laughs) That's another one? My God. Okay. Talk about a double entendre. Okay. (laughs) Anyway, this is Murder of Carol Garten. So Carol met Todd Garten in the Oregon indie music scene of the 1980s. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. That's very niche. Very indie, very hip, very cool. Carol was a singer-songwriter who played in a local rock band, and Todd himself was also in a band. And uh, the best I can say about him is he had some pretty chaotic energy. Ooh, um, in a and good way? Not Absolutely not in a good way. Oh, uh, okay. So, yeah. He came off to people as very self-important, like the kind of guy who... who was right who just thought he was right about everything you couldn't talk him out of it and he did have some friends so he didn't turn everyone away but the friends he did have described him as a guy who had quote a million crappy ideas a minute
2: a million crappy ideas a minute Uh uh-huh that feels like I was gonna say that feels like me sometimes. It feels similar, doesn't it? Yeah, I feel like I could relate to that. But maybe he has
1: much crappier ideas than I do. I know. Like, what's the what's the level of crappy we're talking? Because like, yeah, you really... and I have come up with some hairbrained ideas that um are pretty actually, crappy. They're but... pretty crappy, but also they become pretty great. So some of them do. Some of them, I'm sure, just don't go anywhere, and those are the crappy ones. Um, but like, we're not all crappy ideas, you know. That's true. We've, we've That's had true. a couple gems in there. I, uh, yeah. How, like, but how I... else would Xenon have come to come to Now, life? don't you ever call her a crappy idea. I said uh, some oh, of them are gems. Goodness. How else would Xenon have gotten here? You're right, you're right, you're right. I'm saying they're not all crappy. I have a hunch his crappy ideas are on a different tier than us. I think maybe. And I think as we go through the story, you might start to agree with yourself. More okay. More. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm talking to the other Gemini, the other half of the Gemini hitting you. Okay, so his friend said he was a guy who had a million crappy ideas a minute. For a while, Todd had had this fling with a groupie who loved his band, and her name was Lynn. But according to Todd's, fr- yeah. So good, good job. Todd's friend. Sorry, Em's getting the gargoyles out. <laughs> I can you tell I'm I'm positioning them like a chess I love it. game. I love it because uh, I already forgot about the gargoyles, and I'm already comforted that you have them to help. I
2: I have I have i have two of them kissing so i know that they
1: like each other that's romantic okay so that's todd and lynn who are kissing the gargoyles so todd and lynn got together and she's a groupie so she's obsessed with his band she's obsessed with him but todd's friends are like oh boy she is bad for todd she's just like trouble amplifies his chaotic energy like encourages his bad ideas i'm sorry his Mm. crappy ideas um but he probably says it as well she gets me yeah exactly you Mm -hmm. know and like she's obsessed with me like literally because she's a groupie Mm -hmm. so she fed into his worst choices and encouraged reckless behavior um so they were not on board but when todd met carol people around Todd were thrilled because Carol was a calming energy who almost like seemed to soften or take the edge off of Todd. So he mm-hmm. was just less reckless, less chaotic, less unpredictable. So Carol was the kind of person who spread joy everywhere she went. Um, but she was also a, a force to be reckoned with. Like she didn't back down easily. Um, she you know, had a strong backbone, stood up for herself. Carol, however, did not tell her family about Todd for a while because unlike Todd's friends, Carol's friends were not going to be on board with this relationship. She snuck out to meet him for a while, and she was living at home at this point. And then finally, uh, she announced she was moving out of her family's house to get an apartment with her boyfriend, Todd. Okay, And they were like, who the hell's Todd? And she's <sighs> like uh we're don't worry in love about it. <laughs> and hey don't worry about it she's like here he is and they met <laughs> da! Ta-da. <Todd>. Ta-da. <laughs> Ta-da. here he is actually he does say that anytime he walks into a room and it's so annoying me like too. We've, we've just learned yeah you do too but um I actually you know I
2: <laughs> <Ta-da>. <laughs> this is a perfect segue into me saying um yesterday I was sweeping and when I was done I went But I was I
1: I was by myself. But it was it was just to make me feel accomplished. Like the saddest ta da! I feel like I feel like in two hundred years, someone's gonna be like, "There's this ghost in my house," and all it does is whisper, "Ta da!" I wonder what it means. You hear a broom sweeping by and like a swish swish. Yeah, there's Um, a there's a TikTok sound that's going around
2: right now where it's like people are putting it over them, like doing a really great like basketball like like throw it like perfectly into the net and then you just hear it someone behind the camera go hooray and like (laughs) it's supposed to be so lame and the the caption is usually like never letting my dad or letting my white friend film my awesome shots again
1: and it's hooray and i feel like is one step away from hooray so (laughs) hooray um (laughs) well the funniest part is when you started telling that story you said you were sweeping but I immediately for my own entertainment purposes turned it into you saying sleeping with like a little lisp like I was sweeping and then <laughs> <laughs> and so in my head you were like I was sweeping and then I finished <laughs> sleeping and I said ta da <laughs> I
2: for my my uh my daily my regularly programmed nap that I'll be having this afternoon sure. when I when I wake up, maybe the first thing I'll say is ta-da. I love that
1: for you. I feel like it's good energy. Unless Actually, your name is I really like that. I think I'm Unless do your it. name is Todd, then like stop it.
2: Wait, he would literally go into rooms and he could go, Todd,
1: uh I know, that's what I'm saying. Ta-da, ta-da. He could he could use it, but I don't know. I kinda like it better when you do it. Ta-da. Okay. All right. So uh he walked into the room they met him her family met him and said no fuck this guy (laughs) we do not approve and she's like i knew you wouldn't that's why i didn't tell you about him so they did not like Todd uh, pretty immediately. He did not have a job, so Carol was supporting both of them. Um, but mm. it, it wasn't just because, uh, you know, he couldn't find one or what have you. It was because he didn't like the idea of having to go into an office from 9 to 5. And I'm like, who does, you know? Right. <laughs> like, I find a person who's hello? down with that. Yeah who loves doing it, you know? Um, but Carol was strong-willed and her family knew they couldn't talk her out of it. So instead of like cutting her off, they said, fine, if this is what you want, we'll support you. Okay. That's healthy boundaries. I think, I don't know. I'm not really good at boundaries, but (laughs) they supported her anyway. And then, um, big news, we are moving to California. Mm. And so this was, I think, hard because, I mean, they're in Oregon. It's not too far, but she's moving away with this guy they don't approve of, uh, and they are not thrilled. So they do it anyway. Todd gets to California and joins the Marines. He thought it would be better than a 9-to-5, so, you know, makes sense that that's why he would have chosen that. Mm -hmm. But it also likely fed into his sense of authoritative superiority, and his kind of complex, his God complex. So not great. He loved feeling powerful, loved feeling in charge. Um, This is a scary combination to me. Well, it's also easy to do
2: when you isolate the person and having them completely move away from everyone they know. From their
1: family, that's a great point. That's a great point. The two of them got married, uh, even though they seem to be having relationship troubles, they went through it anyway. And eventually, Todd left the Marines, and he decided to start his own fencing company.
2: Fencing? Oh, mm-hmm. my dumbass thought you meant sword fighting. <laughs> oh, you're sweeping <laughs> and fencing. Was sweeping and sword fighting, and that sword
0: was fu- <laughs> sweeping sword fighting. <laughs>
2: That's so my, good. My my one of my uh, step he always had the the R's and mm-hmm. W lisp. And it still comes out. And uh, as a grown man, I pushed him down one time. We got in a fight. I pushed him down, and he landed in the dirt. And <laughs> grown ass man, he goes, "Oh, now I'm all doity. <laughs> <laughs> oh, buddy.
0: And I, was like,
2: I was like, that that ends the argument right there. I was you like, got that... into a fist fight with this person. No, no, a fight like a fight like we were like like. I don't know, fucking
1: around, and I, like, pushed oh, him, but he, like... Oh, oh. I thought you meant you were, like, having a verbal fight, and then you pushed him into the ground, I was like, Jesus Oh,
2: Christ. imagine if I was, f- like, I, a grown person who doesn't fight with anybody, got in a true <laughs> verbal match that led to fisticuffs, <laughs> and it ended with one of us going, now I'm all doity. Well,
1: that's <laughs> what I was picturing. I was like, whoa, Em really fucking showed them who's boss. Okay. <laughs> I'm all dirty. Okay, so... Anyway, they get married, even though they're having relationship troubles. He leaves the Marines and he starts a sword fighting company. But by sword fighting, <laughs> I mean fencing. Fencing actual fences around okay. your house. <laughs> 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 Sorry, I
0: <guess> sword <laughs> I feel like that's what happened
1: at daycare, you know? Oh,
2: <laughs> so good. You, said, you just said fencing so confidently, and I so confidently <laughs> believed it was sword fighting. we were
0: like, cool!
2: Which, like, by the way, if someone's opening a, a fencing company, that like, that's great, but that's I pretty, didn't... I just didn't pretty. see it coming, and you said something with such confidence, I was like, oh, shit, he must have really liked
1: fencing. <laughs> he developed a love for fencing during his time in the Marines. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Oh boy. Okay. So he starts his own company. And meanwhile, Carol is working. I believe she was working in some sort of insurance field, something I can't understand. And she was very well liked. She was respected in her office. And uh, so they were They were doing okay. Things were rocky, but they did get married. She took his last name. Todd, meanwhile, made friends with a man named Dale Gordon. Now, Dale was a former Marine mechanic who had worked on Todd's car, and the two of them bonded over having been in the Marines, and they became friends.
2: Okay, hang on. I'm setting up my... Thank you. My gargoyles. Okay. So they're buddies.
1: Yes, they're buddies, and they were in the Marines together. They're about to be... Oh, I was going to say more than buddies, but I didn't mean it in that way. Um, Oh, I... That that would have been a fun plot twist but unfortunately no. Got it. Uh what I meant was they became roommates because uh Dale's business went bankrupt and not only did Todd hire him on as uh an employee of his fencing business, but Carol also arranged for Dale to move in with them. So now their friend mm-hmm. Dale is living with them. Okay, got it. And working for Todd. Got it. Okay. Then Todd found uh, another friend that he wanted to employ. So he employed 28-year-old Norman Daniels, okay. and now he also joins the friend group. Okay. Got it. And he joins a friend group, uh, and he works at the company, at the fencing company, but he does not live with them. So he's the only one that doesn't live with them. Got it. Okay. I got my... I, have, I You I
2: got had it. To, I had to get... I had. I didn't have enough gargoyles, so I got my little my little guys.
1: I like those. Are those your little, uh, my little, <laughs> race, my little Rice and Reapers? Yeah. Rice and Reapers, yeah. Uh, right. Okay. So, like I said, all three men were veterans and had, uh, and so they kind of bonded over that. And Nor- Norman, meanwhile, was working hard on two jobs to support his family. He had a young son. So Carol and Todd, even though they're making friends and their businesses are going okay, uh, they are still struggling in their marriage. And when Carol talked to her friends and family, when they asked how things were going, she just ignored the whole topic of her relationship and Mm. her marriage, which is not a good sign. Red flag. But the friend group as a whole seemed very happy. Uh, People called them the Garten Gang because uh todd and carol were both gardens that was that was our last name uh and then the two friends were kind of part of the group so by association gardens yeah 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 yeah, exactly um gardens by gardens Never by Ina garden <laughs> <laughs> okay.
0: okay if you Let's... don't
1: have it store-bought is just fine how easy is that <laughs> If you don't have fen, if you don't have sword fighting, yeah, is that what you just said? I don't remember what I said. <laughs> I feel like if I'm... you don't have fence posts, swords will work just fine for your fencing company. Yeah, if you don't company. have sword fighting, fencing's okay. You know. Mm-hmm. Okay, so all th- <laughs> I feel like there's a gas leak in my house. I feel like my brain is just like <laughs> not computing.
2: <laughs> Our we the energy is a very odd one today. <laughs>
1: so sorry I feel like it's a 100% me I'm like out of it today I'm so sorry
2: Allison she's working on the other side of this wall oh, like no. on the other side of this wall <laughs>
1: oh.
2: and she has always I'm like can you hear me when I'm recording and she goes no I hear nothing but then every now and then I'll just hear <laughs> <laughs> And I I really hope she's not on a Zoom call right now. She
1: probably has a tally mark where every time you do that, she's like, oh God, another episode I'm not looking forward to. Right. Or maybe Uh, she's like,
2: I can't wait to find out in the shower what that laugh was about. Yeah, that's true. It was you saying, I think there's a gas leak at my house. Oh, my God. This oh. energy is really fucking frenetic today. Like, we cannot keep it together. We're usually done recording by now. It's... Anyway. Oh,
0: no. You're right. That's terrible. We have to record a
2: whole other episode after this.
0: <laughs> okay.
1: Well, the day's canceled. Rain it in. Rain it in. Rain it in. Okay. So, uh, Norman is working hard. Two jobs to support his family. Uh, Carol and Todd are still struggling in their marriage. She does not talk to talk to her family and friends about Todd. But the garden gang overall seems pretty happy. Um, they love target sports, so they would get together often to shoot together. And Carol was a skilled archer, so she liked to use a bow. People said Todd seemed like the leader of the group, but uh, Carol was, yeah, the, emotion, the heteronormative emotional one to keep everybody together. In 1997, Carol had a big announcement. She was pregnant. Wah, 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 wah. Her friends were thrilled. They Norman. went. Wah, wah. <laughs> yeah, they went. Ta-da! <laughs> uh, so her friends were thrilled about this because they knew her as someone who had always, always wanted to have a baby. And Norman and Dale, the two, uh, the two junior members of the Garden gang, were thrilled. The only person who was not thrilled was Todd, mm-hmm. the father of the baby. He openly told babies, "Nope." He oh. openly. <laughs> He told babies that he he thought they were stupid and hated them. (laughs) He openly insulted babies.
2: Oh, my God. He had a little press conference with babies. (laughs) (laughs) He just drops from preschool to preschool. And he just... He just... Yeah, there's the first assembly. <laughs> it's like, gather around. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I <Like>, need... <honey.
0: laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I talked to babies. What's wrong with me? <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh. Sorry. Okay, so we talked to the babies.
0: <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> it
2: hurts. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> Oh my god! Okay, so okay, okay, okay. He talks to the—he does oh. not talk to the babies. Okay,
1: I'm so sorry. <laughs> oh my god! He doesn't. I promise. I don't think so. Anyway, <clears throat> <clears throat> there's got to be.
2: you I think you're on something about the ghastly. <laughs>
1: i need to get my carbon monoxide checked or something i don't know um oh, okay, i'm feeling real woozy today okay
2: we're back wow. we're back
1: we're back i think it's like lots of sleepless nights maybe that's what's happening um, i don't
2: have an excuse that was just the funniest thing i've ever heard <laughs> life. I,
1: I said it so seriously too i'm like he told the babies okay. he talked to the babies <laughs> oh my god what's the matter with me okay people said okay no back to this okay So, as I was saying, he openly told people (laughs) that babies were pains who stole men's freedom Mm. and that he didn't want any. So,
2: that's weird. Blaze said the same thing to me when you were pregnant.
1: Yeah, I'm sure he did as he's now like taking her to the aquarium at this very second. And so, he was very much against raising his own child, like to the point that he started openly randomly accusing carol of cheating on him so he would tell people it probably isn't even mine and she's like oh shit i've never been unfaithful to you and he's like no it's someone else's baby like he really was not on board with this shit carol didn't tell her family about her pregnancy until she was five months along and of course they were very very happy for her very excited her friends were very excited uh and her pregnancy became her number one priority Carol could not wait to be a mother. She had always wanted to be one. Uh, her friends and family were supporting her, even if Todd wasn't. But unfortunately, tragically, she would not live to raise her child. Mm. I just want to put that out there now, so that you know we all know. Um, and this is a very specific trigger warning for uh, pregnancy. Okay. Terrible pregnancy crime. Okay. On the evening of May sixteenth, nineteen ninety eight. Todd came home from work and found Carol lying on their bedroom floor bleeding and unresponsive. Oh, shit. He initiated CPR while Dale called 911, but Carol didn't respond. She had been shot five times. (gasps) Three times in the head, once in the side, and once in the leg. Holy shit. They were fired at point-blank range with a forty four caliber revolver and uh, unfortunately at the... When uh, first responders arrived on the scene, um, they announced her dead, and uh, her baby had passed away as well. And Mm. she was seven months pregnant at this point. So very, very gruesome. Um, Shockingly violent. They described it as an execution-style attack, and first responders were shocked by what they witnessed. The former Shasta County District Attorney who was on scene uh, remembers, quote, the image of Mrs. Garten lying there dead in her very pronounced pregnant state is an image that I will have in my mind for the rest of my days. Yeah. So incredibly gruesome, horrific, tragic. Um, they could not resuscitate her and she was declared dead at the scene. Uh, her baby was also declared dead at the scene as well. One responder says he remembers feeling simply angry that someone could do the could do this to another human being and an unborn child. Mm. And when they, you know, police came obviously and spoke to Todd and Dale, they were visibly shaken. Um, police took them to major crimes base to interview them and Dale seemed downright grief stricken. This is the um, the friend. Yeah, the friend. And he described Carol as a perfect loving person. He had great admiration for her as a friend. He's actually interviewed in the... Uh, in the episode I watched. Oh, okay. what, what was
0: it called? Something of something dark, mastermind, mastermind of murder. Yeah.
1: So as for Todd, her husband, he was equally shocked and he kind of get, ran them through um, uh, a schedule of what had happened that day for from the surface it had seemed completely normal. The friends sometimes went to gun shows at the local fairground where they would sell weapons and accessories for extra income and so that's how Todd, Dale and Norman were spending the day and Carol actually decided to stop by their tent at noon. She was heading to tour the delivery ward at the hospital where she planned to give birth, which is mm. like terrible. Um, and about an hour later, after that tour, she rejoined them. She was tired, so she decided she was going to leave early and go home and rest. And Norman, uh, the other friend, offered to drive her in home in her Jeep because she was too tired to drive. Yeah. He said he had things to get done back home, and Todd agreed to close up the booth himself. So Carol rode home with Norman. Todd and Dale packed up the fare around five and headed home, but Carol's Jeep wasn't there. So they were like, oh, maybe she went out, but they did notice that the front door was unlocked, which was super unusual. And Dale's first thought was, well, maybe they've, maybe we've been robbed, but right. he went straight to his bedroom and saw that all of his guns were there and untouched. So, right. that, so that, that doesn't make that sense. That didn't add up. Yeah. Um, so Todd, meanwhile, walked to his bedroom, which is where he found Carol. Uh, he started screaming and mm. Dale came running. There was no forced entry. There were no shell casings on the ground. And police concluded that Carol must have known her killer uh, because there was, you know, she had let him in. Yeah. Uh, it no. It seemed like no struggle. No struggle, yes. And because there were no shell casings on the ground and she had been shot five times, they determined the killer had cleaned up after himself. Okay. But, of course, Dale and Todd both have airtight alibis. They just got there from the gun show. So, immediately, they look at Norman, who was the last person to see her alive. But the thought was either he's the last person to have seen her alive and he's somehow implicated in this, or... He could be dead somewhere, too, if if somebody came and attacked both of them. Right. And maybe he's in danger. So either way, they have to find him. Uh, So detectives start searching for him. He's not at home. He didn't show up for work. And so now they're getting even more suspicious. After some surveillance, detectives intercepted Norman outside of his house. He had just come from dumping Carol's Jeep at a park and ride over the county line and was pulling up to his own house in a taxi. Mm -hmm. So not a good look. They bring him in for questioning and Norman shocks detectives when he pretty much pleads guilty immediately.
2: Oh, well, that's a pretty clean cut case. Okay.
1: (laughs) He literally tried to lie for maybe five minutes and then a judge signed a search warrant for the house and uh, police found bloody clothing, ammunition, and a gun that matched the caliber of the murder weapon. (laughs) And Norman immediately broke and said, God can't save me now, and uh, finally admitted, finally, after five whole minutes, admitted that he was, he was,
2: I was, I mean, like, I, if, if I ever did something, it would take maybe a second until I cracked, like, there's no playing it cool, there's no smooth, we'd be terrible at that, yeah, Yeah. this, I just, I, the guilts, my mom really did a lot of trauma to me with the, the, the eyes, like the, I know you're lying eyes, Uh uh-huh, I would just need someone to look at me once. They would that. bring your mother in. They'd be like look at oh, him oh, with, with the, the eyes. <laughs> game over. Game over. I can't <laughs> lie to her.
0: Oh no.
1: Uh anyway. Um so uh, by the way, I want to I want to point out I was exaggerating with 5 minutes. It was not 5 minutes. If anyone's out there going to I don't know. It was a short very short period of time. It was it was not very long. He he said I didn't do it then they found a bloody, you know, shirt and uh, and he went on oh, in his house. And went, oh, it was me, <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty pretty immediately. So he says, "God can't save me now." He breaks into tears in the confession. He describes the crime in vivid detail, and police basically have all the pieces except why. Because Carol and Norman were good friends. They asked Norman, and he proceeded to lay out the most. Bananas all the way to the top, noodles all the way to the top. Explanation, imaginable. What? Like they were, uh, okay. they were like, wait. I said, why did you do this? He says, well, let me tell you, and it is batshit. Okay. Norman told investigators that he had been recruited by an elite military organization who wanted him to work as an assassin for them. Okay. <laughs> that that was accompanied by an eye roll folks in case in case you didn't hear that audibly. Well, he just he
2: so quickly like broke but then was able to like like then bounce back real quick with a massive lie,
1: okay? <laughs> he said they were called the company and they were working with the IRA, the Irish Republican Army, mm-hmm. which is a paramilitary group that fought British state forces during the troubles in Northern Ireland. So, the IRA represented the faction who wanted to break from the UK and British rule to create a united Ireland with the Republic of Ireland, uh, south of Northern Ireland. The 30-year conflict had only ended with a peace treaty a month before Carroll's murder. So now they're saying, oh, well, the the IRA uh, is, is involved in this murder somehow, is what Norman's saying. And... The IRA might be on the mind of people in America who are actually paying attention to international political conflict, but it's still super random. Like, even though it was somewhat in the news, the IRA, this whole story that he gave them was like,
2: what? You know, just also he's certainly not a part of them now if he's just going to so quickly throw them under the bus.
1: (laughs) Be like, I'm part of this really super secret organization.
2: And let me tell you all about them. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, of course, their immediate thought is, why would the IRA, which is a paramilitary group on another continent whose fight had just ended, be recruiting some random dude in California as an assassin? Like, it Mm -hmm. just, of course, doesn't make sense. But Norman doubled down. He said he'd been contacted by someone who went by the code name Josephine. They told him if he didn't carry out their orders, they would kill his entire family. So Norman was convinced and agreed to do their bidding. He said he even received a manila envelope with a red wax seal and inside was his first mission.
2: Oh, God. <laughs> oh, my okay.
1: God. Okay. There were photos of Carol inside with his orders. Carol's home address, work address, and the deadline for the assassination of Carol.
2: Wouldn't these? Won't the people who gave him these orders know that, like, we don't need to tell him the address because he lives with them? Oh, wait. No, he doesn't live with them. But he knows. Um, he he does knows... But he
1: definitely knows where she lives. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I feel like that was that's almost too much information. Because if they know him well enough to know her, yeah. if they know him well enough to know that he knows her, then why are they telling? Okay. To make it official? I don't know. <laughs> was it, like, written <laughs> in know. crayon by the Assembly of Babies? <laughs> like, what... <laughs>
1: At his last press conference <laughs> at the school? Yeah. Oh, my God. No, so it had uh photos of Carol, but interestingly enough, there was a photo of Carol with Todd and Dale, and they had crossed out Todd and Dale's faces and circled Carol's to be like, this one. This is your target. Mm. So allegedly, this is the story. Carol was also an assassin in this organization. Okay. Oh, okay. And she... Had gotten on the IRA's bad side. So she needed be taken to be out. taken out. That was the story. Mm-hmm. Okay. Norman took it at face value uh, because, <laughs> why <not? laughs> because why not? Because why not? I was going to say, all righty, well, I guess there's no. <laughs> arguing (laughs) that no further explanation needed um he took it at face value because well here's what you don't know m the cia was also involved oh uh, i i think maybe we all knew that
2: might be coming
1: yeah 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 it was only natural that they would be, be up next so the cia is also involved so he was convinced that this was, like, a, the real deal. Of course, police are not convinced that this is the real deal. I, too, am not, by the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> if, we're, if we're clarifying, I'm not either. I'm just going to throw my hat in the ring. Okay. So police did not believe this. They they pressed further, and Norman finally told them that Todd had gotten him involved in the group in the first place. Okay. Todd. So Todd's had, also involved. Yes, and and he said, oh, Todd's the one who invited me into it. Okay, right, right, right. Right. So Todd had spoken over time about his involvement with the IRA. He would uh, carefully drop hints here and there that he himself was an elite assassin who had killed several people. He said he was a sniper and he made tens of thousands of dollars doing this job as a sniper, and Norman needed money. So he had reached out to Todd and been like, hey, could I get in on that? Todd was extremely manipulative. He seemed to hold power over his friends. One psychologist who observed the case even said, the people he manipulated thought he was a messiah. This person could convince normal people that people needed to die. I mean, can can
2: I take a a stab at what's to come? go for it. I assume here that Todd tricked Norman into thinking it was an operative mission, but really he got him to kill his wife because he didn't want to have a baby. Ding ding ding! Okay,
1: not ding, to ding, spoil ding. it for anyone, but I think I think we can all kind of sense what's coming. <laughs> Ex- exactly, exactly. Like Todd used his friend Norman and like convinced it's it's horrific i mean i can't imagine a more narcissistic thing which Absolutely. we've we've already
2: determined that he you know thinks he's a little holier than thou thanks for him of himself to just you know casually bring in like oh you don't know what i've been through you don't know what kind of stuff i've had to do and like so like slowly to, to
1: weave it in intentionally yeah to
2: allude to like i come from some powerful
1: people and yep. you know you want to be me and, and i th- make such good money doing it you know yep. and then when he's in need so this it
2: almost feels like some sort of cult mentality like a very like yes almost like a quick little like blip into that world of like delusion because like it didn't take much it seems for norman to all of a sudden you know get a letter with a
1: mission and not even question it you know and also it's his friend he's killing and her baby like Yeah. It's not just some random person. Wouldn't
2: you at least go to your friend who got you into the organization to begin with and say, hey, they want me to kill your wife. Like, what do the two of us do?
1: This is my first mission, right? Like, of all things, I know. And so it's very disturbing because clearly um, he's been, like, manipulated to do this horrific thing. Not that I'm saying that's an excuse, obviously, but still just wild. Notable. Yes. Yes. So Norman really believed, well, Carol must for real be an assassin too, just like Todd. And <laughs> uh, he was like, well, if if the people at the IRA where Todd and I work say that Carol needs to go because she's turned on them, then this is the only possible option for me. So this wasn't Todd's first job with the company, as we had kind of already pointed out. He had been bragging about um, his... His uh, jobs, quote unquote, in the past. So months earlier, Todd had told Norman he was assigned to assassinate a man in Oregon. Okay. <laughs> what? I worry that I set it up that we were we were done with needing more gargoyles, but I but now. There, i forgot this guy's in the picture too um, <sighs> okay i'm so
0: sorry i'm on it um, okay good my so, yeah
2: i my brain short-circuited for a second i was like wait a minute it's, I thought we it's, were. it's also like here. a
0: batshit
1: crazy sentence and i tried to find a way to say it like more normally but it's i think it's just so crazy it's hard to hear. rationalize okay so <laughs> let me say that again
2: yes please
1: Norman believes Carol must be a real assassin, just like her husband. Uh, And, in fact, Norman had actually helped Todd with a job for the IRA, for the company, before. Um, And so he's like, you know what? I've already uh, been tasked. I've already helped out on a job. Um, So this company is clearly legit, quote unquote. So I guess if Carol has to go, I have to do it. So, the task that he had already helped Todd with, the, the job, the mission, was to assassinate a man in Oregon named Dean Noyes. Okay. So Todd. So they've
2: already killed somebody.
1: Yes. So Todd uh, took Dale, talk, took Norman and even Dale on this mission with him to like accompany him to show them that the company was a real deal organization
2: and totally manufactured
1: by his delusions. Sure. <laughs> sure, wow, but they okay. don't know that yet. <laughs> so he takes his two buddies who like look up to him like he's some sort of messiah, right? Right, right. He takes them on this mission. And this is again like the manipulation, like he planted this seed so that in a I couple I was going to say
2: how like how
1: far enough are you planning this murder to yeah. start dropping seeds like this? Exactly. Exactly. And so he takes them on this job, um, and so Norman's kind of involved just to convince him this is the real deal. So police brought Dale, the friend, in for questioning, and Dale was like, oh, no, this is all true. There is a company (laughs) called The Company, and they hire us to do scary, scary things.
2: But is this someone that masquerades as a fencing company?
1: Uh, oh, interesting. Maybe that's what the fencing was all about. From I guess so. It was a front. I guess so. So Dale said Todd enlisted them to take out this dean in Oregon, this dean noise. Todd led the three men through several plans, and the men even drove to Oregon several times Uh, Dale was initially attracted by the money and he was like, maybe this is a good business to get into, but he had moral qualms that stopped him from, uh, unlike Norman, he just morally couldn't convince himself to join the company. I
2: understand.
1: Yeah. There's one slightly normal person so far in the story Mm -hmm. uh, besides Carol. So, he's he attends this first murder dale does but then he's like i'm out i don't i don't want to be part of this anymore and actually he's interviewed in the oxygen special
2: mm-hmm.
1: he's actually like interviewed nowadays like when they when they filmed it which is kind of interesting to watch oh, him okay. uh like talk about it now uh yeah. when his two friends are okay incarcerated incarcerated yes there it is uh okay so he was like, uh, I don't think so. I don't want to do this. But Todd tells him, Dale, we're in too deep. You're either, you're either in or you're out and you're the next target. Mm. Yikes. Again and again, Dale was roped in, Norman was roped in, and the trio of them worked on some half-baked plans to try and assassinate this Dean character. But they just can't pull it off. Okay. They can't bring themselves to pull the trigger. They're not following through with all the plans. The story went that Dean was embezzling from his company. So the IRA in Ireland put out a hit on him and hired Todd, Dale, and Norman to assassinate him. For Larry, embezzling. Moe, and Curly. yeah, <laughs> <laughs> For embezzling in his own company or from his company that he worked so- for.
2: Does this mean that eventually like <laughs> like Dale like when they were wondering when he was wondering where Norman was and he knew that Carol was dead having had this prior experience of like almost taking a hit out on somebody and being called a target was it in the back of his mind the whole time that like oh maybe
1: Todd did this You know I don't know I know you know why because in the show he was interviewed and he said well, we knew Todd couldn't have done it because they were such good friends and they were so close. But so they, like, he literally said, you'll be the next target and I'll kill you. Uh, yeah. Maybe it was I just a moment. Maybe in time he's realized that something was up. Maybe because he's the only one in the story with morals or the only man in the story with morals. He was like, well, that doesn't make sense. She mm-hmm. wouldn't do that. like, Or he wouldn't do that. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, his first instinct was that it was not Todd who did this. Okay, Dale. Yeah. So anyway, that was a story that there was a hit out on this man, Dean, in Oregon for embezzling from the company he worked for. And so the IRA needed him assassinated. So the trio, Dale still roped into this, uh, they met up with a woman named Lynn. And Todd Mm. says, what? Lynn, like from earlier?
0: (laughs) Could be.
2: I have my gargoyles. Don't think I forgot. (laughs)
1: I didn't think he'd notice that. I still uh, have them kissing right here. Oh my god, they're still kissing. Well, that's pretty, uh, pretty foreshadowing. Okay. Mm-hmm. So they meet up with Lynn, and Todd says, uh, "Oh, this is uh, this is their our local handler. You know that kind of like this uh-huh. is our handler. Yeah, like she she tells us what to do and where to go.
2: Wow. When you said earlier that she enabled his
1: crazy ideas." Uh-huh. It's all coming back to me now. Making sense. So things basically spiral from there. Um, At one point, they literally gave up on a murder attempt because the spare key Lynn gave them to Dean's house didn't work. So they just went home. Like This is just, it's just a mess. Mm. And when they got home finally from this trip, Dale says, you know what? I'm officially out. I don't want anything to do with this. So Todd finally accepts that his friend's not part of this and decides he's going to stop talking to Dale about the company but Norman was a little eager and he said I want another mission mm. so Todd gave him his first mission his first solo mission and that was to kill Carol Oof. Oof. Todd acted shocked by this he was like oh my god I know I'm so disturbed by this that the IRA needs us to kill my needs you to kill my wife, but we open the wax sealed envelope, so there's no going back now. Oh my God. Yeah. This fucking idiot put wow. a wax seal on it and then said, I I just can't. So he said, It's you know, I know it's my wife and I love her so much and she's carrying my unborn child, but you know, they said she has to go. <sighs> I mean, like And are that's you fine me? by me. And I guess it's fine. So Norman is like, no, I don't want to do that. And he tries to back out. But Todd says, you know what? The company's going to murder your little boy, your son. Oh, shit. If you try to back out of this. And poor Norman, he believes this. Mm. He genuinely believes it. So from county jail, Norman contacted Todd and police recorded the conversation in the Most disturbingly casual, blasé tone, like, shocking. (sighs) Todd answers the phone, and he says, What's going on? Talk to me here. So you said you did it? And, like, his wife is literally bloody, like, murdered in cold blood. Sick. 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 (sighs) He brought up his best friend murdering his wife as if they were just, like, talking about uh i don't know getting up getting away after night. work or something yes yeah. yes yes exactly like so unsettling and cold and creepy and ca- i think it's like the casual tone of it like hey talk to me you know like yeah are you kidding this guy just murdered your wife and unborn child so anyway in the meantime carol of course tragically is laid to rest family and friends attended the funeral um It's just it's just so fucking horrific um, that this is how her life ended. Detectives were introduced at the funeral to a woman who attended the funeral uh, hanging on Todd's date or on Todd's arm like she was his date. Ew. And and they were like, "Um, hello, Todd, who's this with you? And she says, hello, my name is Lynn Noyes.
2: Mm. So he's back with that girl.
1: Back with Lynn. Does the last name strike any bells? No or not yet. Lynn Noise. No. Okay. Let's keep going. So her name was Lynn Noyes and please are finally putting the whole story together. So Lynn Noyes, as you've so astutely remembered, was the former groupie uh, who Todd used to date before he met Carol. Um, they even had an affair and stayed in contact during uh, his marriage to Carol. So they were still seeing each other throughout all of this. Lynn was also married to a guy named Dean Noyes. Who happened to be the company's it. first target? I get it. Yes. She was the handler, quote unquote, who helped arrange her husband's failed assassination. Mm-hmm. Police found emails between Lynn and Norman where she was pretending to be the handler arranging the crime. They also found romantic emails between Lynn and Todd, and finally there were threatening emails to Norman from a mysterious Colonel Sean of the IRA. Oy, oy, oy. Oh they were like what's an irish sounding name i know I, sean it's exactly the thought i had okay There's, it was probably like it, it sean just... mcmillan or something yeah patrick O'Patrick. yeah okay <laughs> <laughs> sean o <O'Shaughnessy>. is yeah <laughs> sean o uh so the ip address of course led straight back to todd so like nice try police knew todd had orchestrated this whole crime but they needed proof of a motive so in questioning, Lynn told them everything. She told them Todd even said he wanted Carol dead before the baby was born, mm. which is just like fucking awful, awful. Beyond. And this is what Lynn said. So talk about um, cold hearted. She said, I could have prevented it if I wanted to, but I didn't because I didn't care.
2: <gasps>
1: like, are you serious? What kind of? Wow. Sicko? They really are
2: meant for each other.
1: Yeah. They don't deserve anyone else. It's mm. I just hate that Carol got like caught up in their fucking nasty nastiness.
2: Oh, yeah. wow. What a. I don't even know what the right word is, but like. What a. I don't a, a Mastermind plan. Now I know why it was on that mastermind show. Mastermind
1: of murder. Yes. Terrible, terrible. Todd had also, of course, because this wouldn't be a mastermind story uh, about murder if somebody didn't take out a life insurance policy. Oh, so, shit. T- Todd, that's like on the bingo card, I feel like. Of, right, uh, yeah. I should have seen a True crime bingo card. So, Todd had taken out a $125,000 life insurance policy in Carol. And what's even more damning, guess who else had a life insurance policy on Carol? Lynn. Mm-hmm. Like not even on her own, like on her own husband probably too, but on Lynn, or on Carol. That's like so fucking. It's obvious. almost so obvious. Like I mean, it's I mean, so obvious.
2: It's just like, how did this not get noticed
1: right away? I, yeah, I think it it unraveled pretty quickly. Hmm. But you would at th- least it, think you'd be like, hey, Lynn. Say you have a different last
2: name around people. So, oh, like, it yeah. doesn't get back. Great like, point. There were so many little things. Or, like, there was, like, with Norman, there was bloody clothes in the hamper. It's, like, h- no one thought through, like, Nobody what was coming even, next.
1: He literally picked up the shell casings, and that was about the extent of covering up he tried right. to do. Like, the IP address went straight back to Todd's computer. I mean, it's it just, just... they All they cared about was getting the task done, not, like any sort of and he did it in like a really theatrical way like he didn't just go shooter himself like he yep. built up to it but it was still not smart you know like it wasn't even i guess when they put mastermind they should put it in quotations because like right, there was right, right. they were never getting away with this like the police were really gonna believe the Which, ira like,
2: you don't think after i mean i have i don't know if it's some sort of intrusive thought situation but i'm constantly thinking if I killed someone, how would I how would I get away with it? Mm-hmm, and I have mm-hmm. yet to ever figure out a way where I wouldn't get away with it. Like I I or where I would get away with it. Yeah. I would definitely get caught within at least a day. Oh yeah. And but like I can't imagine going into killing somebody and then going I probably don't need to worry about the cleanup all that much. I think much. I've done like, enough. Why clean? Yeah, like, I think I picked up the shell casings and um... Like did they not think they were they were i mean maybe that's just the height of his narcissism where it was like oh they won't find me like i'm too well, the, smart for the i think norman care. G-
1: i think norman genuinely believed that this was like a a, a real thing the company yeah but no todd, I, I think he yeah, believed but in todd's, it too todd todd todd's narcissism was like out of control
2: i do wonder though if i were norman let's pretend that like the cia contacts me and says sure. so like this is your mission Why isn't a protocol in that folder that's telling me how to clean it up so I don't get fucking caught? Like... I'd be like, if you, yeah, if you, an organization need this done and you want to make sure it gets covered up because you're so secretive,
1: you're not going to tell me how to yeah. make sure it's handled. Like, and if you trust him, why? Because like, what did he prove to you so far? He never even killed Dean Noyes, the first guy on the list. Like, mm-hmm. why would you trust him to know how to clean up after himself without instructions? Also,
2: why do you have to kill somebody who's literally his wife that he shouldn't want dead when yeah. he clearly didn't have to go through with his target?
1: yeah none of it makes sense and i guess that's part of why it's called a quote-unquote mastermind Uh uh-huh yeah yeah. but yeah it's it's just infuriating because it's like it's so tragic and he like clearly thought he was some hot shit as todd guy like oh i'm so clever i'm gonna get away with this and get Mm -hmm. with my old girl and like fuck you like just why didn't you just break up with her and say i want to be with someone yeah you know just like a normal fucking person yeah, just why like was, don't why have anything to do with the kid. Like you, like you weren't going to be a good influence on that kid anyway. You know why was it easier to convince your friends to murder somebody? It's horrifying that that was like his, and he did it. Horrible. Mm. It's just all so tragic. Um, oh God. So of course, police found indisputable evidence that Todd masterminded quote-unquote the entire plot in his home like they even found the ring used to put in the wax seal for the envelope wow it's just everything so everything todd never confessed to being involved he never owned up to it he he maintained innocence from day one dale however went to prison for 10 years over the conspiracy to murder dean Uh, He expressed deep remorse. He's really the only person here um, of these dudes who has any sort of empathy or, you know, compassion. Uh, He he got into something over his in over his head is how he describes it. Uh, But he did back out. And so ultimately he was let free and he truly did have nothing to do with Carol. So he didn't get any jail time for the Carol situation. And in fact, what's more, Dale even said he felt he deserved his sentence and he apologized to Dean for planning to kill him.
0: Mm.
1: And uh, he also regretted being unable to protect Carol. So he really came out with, speaking of like, what's your damage? Like he came out with a lot of, a lot of damage. Um, Lynn got 25 years for two counts of conspiracy to commit murder. So for her own husband and for uh, Carol. Norman was viewed somewhat sympathetically um, because he really believed he was trying to protect his own son. But also, I'm like, I like, don't. There has I to be some sort of excuse.
2: No, I don't think it's an excuse. But I also do like wonder, like the level of brainwashing that had already happened, or something, yeah. for him to so blindly just agree to something like that, and to, I don't to know.
1: believe to believe this so readily makes me wonder, like, yeah was there anything else going on? Like maybe he really just didn't have the, the critical thinking to like realize that his quote unquote friend was manipulating one. I agree. Manipulating him. I don't know. So it's, it's hard to tell. And I I do understand that like, there's a slightly more sympathetic edge than to Todd, but like still he murdered his good friend who Mm -hmm. was seven months pregnant. I mean, there's, you know, there's, it, only so much we can, Only yeah. so much bending we're willing yes, to do. Yes, yeah. exa- that's a good way to put it. So he was sentenced to 50 years to life. And Todd was ultimately convicted of first degree murder for orchestrating Carol's murder, despite not being the one to pull the trigger, which I think is good because he was fucking behind all of it. Police and psychologists painted a picture of Todd as a mastermind manipulator. They said he wanted to be some sort of military hero or rock star. So mm. to make that happen for himself, he had to invent a fake world where he was edgy and important and people looked up to him and did what he said. Um, and once he started pulling in real people, that's what made it a real scenario that he could uh, you know, use, use for harm. A psychologist said the men were all completely enveloped in Todd's delusion. Uh, Even Todd began to believe his own lies. Like, that's how convincing he was. When he took the stand, he sometimes spoke in a fake Irish accent. Oh, okay. (laughs) Because he genuinely uh, wanted to be involved in the IRA so bad that he had, like, occasionally practiced this Irish accent and... Even though on the stand now he's saying, oh, I I had nothing to do with this. But then he starts saying it in an Irish accent. Very creepy. He was sentenced to death. Uh, In 2018, he appealed, but the seven justice California Supreme Court unanimously upheld the sentence. As of reports in September of 2021, he's still on death row, uh, but a date for his execution has not been set. And that's the just horrific, horrific story um i'm sorry that also that we had like a laughing fit in the middle of it i hope it wasn't you know it no didn't i feel think like it, was, it was you said close. that
2: someone was talking to a bunch of babies like a, <laughs> in a press conference yeah. or something okay i, I, I think it's removed
1: that, enough nobody okay. thinks i we i mean you know laughing. i wanted to be clear like this is one of the most fucked up stories i've ever told so uh, you know we weren't trying to joke our way through it but um but yeah that's the, the horrible tragic case of uh carol Garten. So i'm sad. honestly
2: shocked there isn't like a hallmark or a lifetime movie about you know, it there, there might be
1: because it know, feels though. like
2: it feels it reads like a movie like, it
1: does it does with Fizz. the like fake uh crime yeah the hitman like a setup but I, mean, I mean it's assassins like... and all that nonsense it does sound like a movie tm tm tm, 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 TM.
0: <laughs> yeah no wow.
1: um it's really really awful really awful and, uh, it just makes my heart ache for her family and friends who were like, just so excited that she was going to, going to be a mother. And
2: yeah. And she didn't, I mean, she just wanted to be in a relationship with someone who ends up being a, I mean, just a normal asshole at first and then a complete fucking and asshole just, and right, a murderer. Right. Took it so, so far. Wow. Well, you know, you do still surprise me. There's still interesting stories out there to be covered because, um, I still like to, uh.
1: To uh, plot twist you every now and then, you know. Six years in, you're still, uh, still blowing my mind. Oh uh-huh. well, yes. Yeah,
2: I'll we'll leave it. I better be. Let's leave it there, uh... Allison.
1: Allison, I can't <laughs> hear me. You're still the one. After all these years, you're still the one.
2: Oh that's. Tr- I'll let it slide. <laughs> I um. I guess we'll we'll leave it at that. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Um, and uh come to our live shows next uh next month we also we have oh we just got uh merch or we have we have Yay! we we have merch in general but we also just got the first uh samples of our tour sweatshirt and we're very excited about those very soft eva says very soft and uh that's I guess that's it for
1: right that's now. That's it. Go to and that's where you drink dot com slash live to see if we're coming to a city near you. Uh, we can't wait to see you live. Um, thank you for listening. Uh, thumbs up. Five happy, stars. Happy six years. Happy six, six, six.
2: Thank yeah. you so much. And that's why we drink.
0: Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing.